Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher. Welcome to While You Were Folding. I created this podcast to continue the conversations about the things that matter in domestic life. I'm a Catholic homeschooling mother of six. My husband, Philip, is a pediatrician, and we've been married for 14 years. I've learned a lot, usually in messy or painful ways, and I have so much more to learn. I'm excited to share this episode with you, and I hope you'll add your voice to the next one. I pray before I record every episode that God will use this podcast to inspire each of us to holiness in our vocations as wives, mothers, and his beloved daughters, and that you will go on to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's jump in. Hello, hello. In my second episode back, I talked about my clipboard planner. I'm going to hold it up to the camera here. Wait, I'm still not very good at this. Okay, so there it is. Um, And I talked about, I call it my daily dashboard. So basically, if you missed that one, go back to the episode called my clipboard planner. Um, Basically, my clipboard planner is... Uh, a laminated eight and a half by 11 sheet of blank computer paper. And I asked Philip to create a template for me on it. And I can share that in the show notes. But basically, if you're looking for an inexpensive, easy way to keep some guardrails on your day, I definitely encourage you to check it out. Because it has made a huge difference in how I am structuring my day and uh, my ability to get things done. And I heard a great episode from Danielle Bean. She puts out a podcast called Girlfriends. She's a Catholic mother of, I believe she has eight children. And she is just so great at talking about all the things that really matter. And in her most recent episode, she talked about productivity and how the goal is not for us just to get all these things done, but the goal is for us to do God's will. So with my daily dashboard, this clipboard planner, it's been a really good exercise, especially this top right post-it. Someday I'll get this right where I'm trying to hold it up (laughs) to the screen. Um, where I talk about my daily top three on that post-it, the top three most important things that I'm going to get done in a day. It really forces me to prioritize and really zero in on the things that matter. So if you're looking for a way to rework how you're doing your planner, your daily to-do list, and feeling like you're never getting to the things that are most important, maybe listen to that episode. But today I wanted to talk about something called interval training. And I have to first say, I got all of my inspiration for this idea from Misty Winkler at Simply Convivial. And I will share a link to her website, her podcast in the show notes. Misty is a Christian classical homeschooling mother of five. And I would say that her thing that she's best known for is encouraging women in homemaking and in homeschooling. She shared about interval training several years ago. I've been, I started at the very beginning of her podcasts and I've gone all the way through. And I found out about this all the way back in 2014 is when she recorded this episode. Um, 
So I loved this one because it's something that I really identify with. And apparently Misty and I are a lot alike because we both have used the Couch to 5K app for getting back in shape when we're postpartum. Um, And if you heard me talk about physical therapy on the episode, Moms, You Might Need Physical Therapy, I, I shared a little bit more about the Couch to 5K app on there. So... If you've never heard of it before, Couch to 5K is an interval trainer. It takes you from being a complete couch potato to running a 5K in about nine weeks. Some people take a little bit longer because they need to do some runs more for extra practice. But the gist is that you start out by doing intervals of walking and intervals of running. So when you're first getting started, you might have the app tell you, begin walking, and you walk for a warm up. And then after you've warmed up for maybe five minutes, it'll say, begin running, and you'll have maybe 30 seconds or a minute of running. And then it'll give you five minutes to recover. And then you'll have another short sprint interval of running again. And it goes back and forth, back and forth in these little intervals. And the idea is you are by the end of these nine weeks going to have more intervals of longer stretches of running and then time for recovery with walking. But you'll need less time to recover because over the course of those nine weeks, you're building up your stamina so that eventually you can run a full 5k, which if I remember correctly, is 2.2 miles. Um, So I have been applying this framework to our homeschool calendar, our family life, and our other obligations. And the idea is that with interval training applied to our schedule, that within each interval of time on the calendar, I can push myself, I can sprint toward these specific goals, these specific aims, these specific action items. How many more times can I say specific? (laughs) For that short period of time, that short interval. So um, we have taken a little bit of a different approach to our schedule this year. And we have broken the homeschool year into intervals. And I've chosen goals to work toward within those intervals. And the whole setup is based around what's called a Sabbath schedule. So a Sabbath schedule is pretty popular in a lot of homeschooling circles. And we attempted a modified homeschooling schedule, modified Sabbath homeschooling schedule when we first got started. Um, There are a lot of really attractive things about it, and we decided to go for it this year. So the idea is you have six weeks of school, and then you take one week off from school. And that week that you take off from school is called your Sabbath week. Now, this does not mean you're necessarily on vacation. Sometimes it does work out where it ends up being our Christmas vacation or a Thanksgiving break those kinds of things. But in general, the Sabbath week is the week where you are allowing time for all of those things that seem to fall through the cracks during the homeschooling weeks. And I've heard so many different women that are homeschooling moms say how you have three things 
you can choose to either do really well with the housework, the food, the cleaning, the cooking, or the homeschooling. But you can only choose one at a time. And when I first heard that, I was really discouraged by that. But um, now that we have six children, (laughs) four of them are school age, one's preschool, and we have an 18-month-old, um, yeah, it's, it's sounding more accurate. And if you were listening to this podcast last year, at the time we had a nanny, we no longer have a nanny. So it's me <laughs> doing all the things. Um, but yeah, if I would say that I miss anything about life pre homeschooling, I love homemaking. I love the all the stuff that goes into making our home feel clean and efficient and more than anything creating space and margin for our family in the evenings so that we can just be with one another. And my ability to do that looks very different now that we're homeschooling because I am so consumed with the details of the homeschooling day during the day that I have to find pockets of time and be really intentional about getting to all the different things. So if anything, it's just taking a lot more organization than I had to have before, because before we had kids in traditional school, and then I would just have the preschooler with me for half the day or the baby with me. And I would get stuff done during nap time. And I didn't necessarily have to be as intentional about it. So it's it's definitely a mixed blessing. Um, it makes me much more grateful. And it makes the homemaking part of being at home feel more restful when I do get to do those things, rather than feeling like drudgery in the way that it did before. Um so anyway, that I kind of took myself down a rabbit trail there. But um, so we're applying the framework to our year and the setup with the Sabbath here. I already said we've got six weeks on, one week off. And then during the Sabbath week, you are going to also get to the other things like doctor appointments, baking, if you like to bake or things like this next week is going to be our first Sabbath week. We are on week six of our homeschooling calendar. And then next week will be our first Sabbath week. And I am going, one of my big projects during Sabbath week is going to be to switch out all of the kids' clothes for the seasons. We are in Nebraska, so the temperatures are starting to fall. That's a great word, fall in the fall. (laughs) So I'm going to switch out the kids clothes from summer to the fall and winter stuff. Um, so one interval of time is those six weeks of school plus the Sabbath week. So seven weeks at a time make up one interval and the school year is 36 weeks long plus all of the Sabbath weeks in between each six week segment. And we, so then we have six intervals because six weeks times six equals 36. So we have six intervals in there. So we're just finishing up interval one. And that's why I thought now would be a good time to talk about interval training because it's going 
awesome. I am really enjoying this setup. It has, um, I'll get to why I like it a lot at the end, but you might be doing the math thinking about, okay, well, there's 52 weeks in a year, plus you're adding in all those Sabbath weeks in there. So that does make for a shorter summer vacation for us. But honestly, um, when I pitched the calendar to our family, we all agreed that we don't mind because a long summer vacation, uh, I'd say about a month out from the time that school starts with a regular length of summer vacation, our kids are starting to get a little bit restless. We need a little bit more structure. So it's better for us, for our family to have a shorter summer break, but still have you know, a good long stretch in there that helps us to avoid burnout or overwhelm to have that long break, but it's not so long that it gets to the point where everyone's ready and desperate to have some structure again. Okay. So let's talk about how each interval looks. So I have a template here. I shouldn't call it a template. I just wrote down here. I'm going to hold it up to the screen. What it looks like. And I can share this in the show notes. I'm going to try to create something on Canva. If you've never heard of Canva, C-A-N-V-A.com. It's just a really great design website that helps you to create things like this. I use it for my menu planning templates. I use it. Do you say templates or do you say templates? I was just thinking about that. I think I say it both ways. (laughs) Um, But basically at the very top, I write down which interval it is and what dates make up that interval. And then on the top left, I write out week one and then the dates week two on through week six. And then at the bottom, I list the Sabbath week dates. And then directly across from that, I choose one habit that I'm going to focus on for those seven weeks. And then underneath that, I have three columns, three rectangles, vertical rectangles, where I've written out three different projects that I want to work on for that interval, three big projects that I want to complete. And then I have a wide rectangle running the span of the paper with five smaller action items that I want to work on that interval. And then at the bottom, I have another long rectangle with my Sabbath week plans. What kinds of appointments we need to get to, what friends we want to catch up with, what extended family we want to see, and if I have any nagging tasks or projects that I haven't been able to get to in the midst of the homeschooling weeks. So that's the overview. One habit, three bigger projects, five smaller action items, and a plan for Sabbath week. So I just did, Misty Winkler calls it a brain dump. When you're writing down the different projects and then all the different components that it would require to consider that project done. And I just stick this sheet, my interval planner, directly behind my daily dashboard on my clipboard. So you could not ask for a simpler, more inexpensive way to create a planner. So I wanna break this down a little bit more specifically. I um, wanna start with the habit. So 
I want to not make this sound like I have a really <laughs> lofty, huge goal to work on. So the habit that I chose to focus on for interval one was to maintain the kitchen floor. And I should say, when I was trying to create what I wanted my interval planning sheet to look like, I wanted the habit to be at the top because I wanted it to be top of mind. I wanted it to be the thing that I was going to see first every time I looked at this uh, interval planning sheet. So for this habit, and I've learned with my goal setting, I have to be really specific and I have to start each line with an action word. So maintain kitchen floor. And then I really specified what that looks like. So I wrote um, sweep kitchen floor in the evenings. And then I wrote wet mop kitchen floor Monday, Wednesday, Friday evenings. So that's the habit. And I have to confess, I have had mixed results. I have not been super consistent with this one. And unfortunately, I think it's, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately, this is why we're doing it. We're experimenting, trying to hold ourselves accountable. And I say us because Philip and I are both doing this now, our interval planning. Um, but this is my habit that I'm working on. So I think with starting a new homeschooling year, we were still figuring out our routine. And so I think I just chose the wrong time of day for this habit to happen. So I'm actually going to carry this habit into interval two, and I'm going to change it to, it, it's still going to be maintain kitchen floor, but I'm going to make this a nap time habit because that's the time of day that is very consistent and I think I'll be able to get to it more successfully if I make this a nap time activity. So that's the habit. And then underneath that, I have the three big projects that I want to complete in that interval. So for my interval one projects, my first project was to purchase all of the birthday gifts for extended family members and friends for the month's that made up that interval. And with a really large family like ours and some friends, it is a big project. So that was the first one. And the second one is to prepare our home for hosting Thanksgiving. Um, I know that might sound kind of silly. We were, I believe, 11 weeks out from Thanksgiving when I came up with this goal. But it was so helpful to create this huge list, this brain dump of all of the different action items that would be required to be ready for Thanksgiving. And so I'm just going to look at this list really quickly. Things like inventory place settings, create table setting assignments. Um, table settings and assignments, create menu and email assignments. I haven't done that yet, but it's on the list. Um, <laughs> repair entry light fixture. Gloria dropped a board book off of the catwalk in the entryway and knocked a light fixture off. So we have an electrician coming out tomorrow to repair that. Um, clean the appliances. I want the oven to be clean before everyone arrives. So things like that. I have a big list there, but I've decided that I love this because it 
just takes all of the things that are up here that live in my mind and it's on paper. So I don't have to spend all this time and energy thinking about it anymore. And it's giving me the gift of the time, the grace of the time to just do it little by little as I can. Cause the season of life that I'm in with six young kids and homeschooling, it's not feasible for me to have those big pockets of time. Like I used to have, Um, so this has been fantastic. Let me see. I'm kind of jumping around here. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, so yeah, it might sound stressful or like it's more work to have all these things out here, but it's just giving me my marching orders and it helps me because with these big project lists, oh, I should add one more. My last project for interval one is to create a plan for my retreat. So I'm scheduled to go on a retreat at a wonderful retreat center nearby called the Cloisters on the Platte. But unfortunately, I'm really deep on the waiting list. So I don't think I'm actually going to get to go on the formal retreat this year. So instead, I've been talking with my spiritual director coming up with a DIY retreat, um, So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm coming up with a plan where I'm going to stay and all of those things. But that was my last project. But where I was going with this, with these projects, the reason why I really enjoy doing three big projects to work on during an interval is because it is so fantastic because I'm able to take these big lists. I'm holding it up to the screen again. And then I'm just going to choose one, maybe two items for each project that are going to transfer from those lists to my weekly to-do list. Now, remember, my weekly to-do list is this big post-it note that's at the bottom of my daily dashboard. And that is the list that I use to populate my daily top three. (laughs) And I'm laughing because I just looked at today's daily dashboard and my daily top three, when I was creating it this morning, I listed one, two, three, and my number one was to homeschool. And I didn't even put down a two or a three (laughs) because I knew that today was kind of going to be a crazy day. Um, It was just going to be a get through the day kind of day, but I homeschooled. So I did it. Here we are. (laughs) Um. So that's the three big projects. And then the five smaller action items. These are just smaller things that I want to make sure and accomplish within the interval. And my how I decide on what things are going to go here, I think about Gretchen Rubin. She's one of my favorite writers and podcasters. She says the things that can happen at any time often happen at no time. And these are the things that usually don't have a deadline. They're not scheduled. They're often things that I wish I could do for myself. But if, unless I create a goal or put it on my interval planning sheet, it's probably not going to happen. So um, I'm trying to think of some examples. Let's look at my list here. So during our homeschooling year, our patroness of our homeschool is St. Therese, and we just celebrated her feast day. This year, since it was on a Saturday, I made Friday of our school week the celebration day. So I said, make plan for St. Therese celebration on 930, uh, September 30th. So 
it just involved me choosing a dessert, choosing the craft, uh, the biography that we wanted to read. We did not read a full book biography. We just found a great uh, glory story. If you've never looked into glory stories, those are fantastic. Just a really great audio uh, biography of St. Therese. And then my other project or smaller action item, I should say, was to hire a sitter for a weekly break for myself. And I did. And that has been so life-giving. And if I hadn't put it on here for something that I was going to give myself a deadline on, I probably wouldn't have gotten that to happen. Um, So yeah, like I said, these are things that I'm going to put on my list and then transfer them over to my weekly list. And then those go to my daily top three. And then the last thing on interval training is coming up with a plan for the Sabbath week for that interval. So the top thing there is to make sure and schedule a planning or review session. So that's the time where I sit down with my calendar planning out the next interval, looking at all the different things that we have coming up on the calendar, different birthdays, uh, whatever other random events we have coming up, and then checking the schedule with my husband, making sure we're on the same page, and then making sure to have a review time. So looking over what worked, what didn't, talking about homeschooling stuff with the kids, making any necessary adjustments. Sarah McKenzie is one of my favorite resources in the homeschooling world. She is the host of the podcast Read Aloud Revival, but she also has a fantastic book called Teaching from Rest. And she has some fantastic advice in the book saying that she doesn't allow herself to make any curriculum or book changes until the end of a six-week period. So I have adopted that same philosophy for our homeschool. I am determined to stick with things for six weeks at a time instead of feeling like I can change things really quickly. Um, so that review session that I put on the calendar during the Sabbath week, that's when I reevaluate things and see what's working, what's not, what maybe we need to switch out. And then I continue filling out the upcoming interval session sheet and the interval planning sheet. And these goal sheets are great because, and I call them goal sheets, like they're this formal thing. It's just a blank piece of computer paper that I'm writing this stuff down on. Um, But it's great because it has me looking ahead and anticipating what's coming up. And then the rest of the things that we make a plan for during the Sabbath week, like I already said, all of those different appointments, this is a great time, especially for us moms, to make sure that we are getting those preventative care doctor appointments on the calendar. So get your annual exam with your OBGYN. Maybe you have a family history of digestive issues or polyps and need to get a colonoscopy. If you're old enough to get a mammogram or have a family history of breast cancer, or maybe you're fair skinned like I am and you need to go to your dermatologist to get a head to toe mole check, do it. It is worth it. Um, 
okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox about that. But this is also fun time to check out when you can get together with friends. Maybe it's your mom friend that you want to get together with or your girlfriend from high school or college or someone you just have down the road that you don't even get to get together with as as much as you'd like to. Or maybe you have some relatives that live nearby that you'd like to catch up with, or you have a nagging task or project that you're not able to get to. So like I said in the beginning, that's me wanting to switch out the winter clothes, get the summer clothes swapped out for the winter clothes. Um, And then the unexpected thing when I started doing this interval training, uh, Philip got really excited. My husband got really excited about how much success I was having with it, how much more motivated and engaged I was with planning for the next day. In a dream world, I would sit down and I would fill out my daily dashboard every evening before I go to bed. I would say about half the time I'm getting to it, half the time I'm doing it in the morning as I'm getting the day going. Um, but Either way, I would call it a win, whatever works for you. But Philip got really excited watching me do this and setting up the interval planning sheet. And so he created his own. And it's been great because we, we've had varying degrees of success throughout our marriage of doing this. But we, in good times, when we're not in survival mode, when we don't have a newborn or a move or building a house or any number of crazy things, we had been having a weekly meeting. Philip and I meet on Sunday nights, talk through the calendar for the week, where our finances are, if we have any challenges going on, when we can have our next date night, what our personal goals are, where we are with our health, friendships, hobbies, when we're needing to have breaks, all of those different things. So we are in a place of trying to get back to doing that on a regular basis. And we've resumed our weekly meetings and it's been great. And Philip, like I said, he has adopted my interval training method, or I should call it Misty Winkler's interval training method. And we've been checking in with each other. We've been pulling out our lists and talking through our goals and how our projects are going, how we're doing with our habits. And it's been great because it has created some more external accountability with one another. And it gives us encouragement to, and more motivation to really, uh, get serious about whatever it is that we've committed to on our sheet. And what we both really like about it is that it gives us our marching orders for the week and for that whole interval. And it really has reduced the feeling of being scatterbrained. And my favorite part is that I make so many decisions in the course of an average day. This really eliminates decision fatigue on what to do next. Because between my interval planning sheet and my clipboard planner with my daily top three and my little schedule post-it of what's happening that day, I know what's going on. I feel so much more on top of life, but not in an unhealthy way. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to micromanage and be in control of every little moment. Instead, it feels like I have my guardrails in place 
so that I have enough structure so that I can be flexible, so that I can mm. be prepared for life to go off the rails whenever I have someone get sick or we have an unexpected hiccup. I'm thinking about today when our dog threw up in the middle of the kitchen <laughs> or any random. Oh, or or if your toddler uh, wanders off while you're reading aloud and goes into the grass and comes across some dog poop. <laughs> yeah, that happened today. So yeah, you just, I, this is why I love this structure of a planner because it allows for so much more flexibility and it meets me where I am in this chapter of life. So that's interval planning. I have loved it. Um, as a quick recap, the main components of my interval planning sheet, I've got the dates at the top. I've got the habit that I'm working on. I have three big projects. And then underneath those projects, I have listed out all the little things, the action items that need to happen so that that project can be considered complete by the end of the interval. Then I have the five smaller action items that I want to accomplish that interval. Oftentimes they're things that are not with a formal deadline any other place. Um, and then the last thing is planning out the Sabbath week so that it doesn't go by without us really trying to take advantage of that, that time period between homeschooling weeks. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. That's interval planning. I hope that this has somehow been encouraging and motivational, maybe get you thinking about setting some different goals, thinking about how you're using your time, what changes you might want to make, because maybe you've been struggling with goal setting or feeling like you're getting things accomplished. Um, or maybe you're looking for a way to keep perfectionism or idealism at bay, especially if you're a young mom, you've got newborns, you're in a season of sacrifice, or maybe you've got older kids. Maybe you are running all over the place, just trying to keep up with life because of all of the obligations you have. And maybe this could be a good nudge for you to reach out to a friend. Maybe your husband isn't like Philip and is not into creating an interval planning sheet on his own, but maybe you do have a friend who would be interested in doing that. And maybe she could be an accountability partner for you. I would be happy to be anyone's accountability partner on here. I know people, I know Misty Winkler talked on that podcast episode that I mentioned about how she has a couple, she had some friends, I don't know if she still does it now, some friends where they would just exchange accountability messages on Voxer, sharing where they were with their weekly plans and how things were going. Um or, but maybe you do interval training in a different area of your life and you could apply some of those lessons that it's taught you. Just like I was really successful with couch to 5k, having never been a runner to running a 5k by the end of it was really cool. Um, so maybe you have some idea about a different way that you would adapt this system to your family. And I would love to hear about it. I'll be back next week with a new episode. 
please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss it. And if you like the show, please tell a friend about it. Let's keep growing this community because that is my favorite part, getting in touch with you and all of the people in your lives that matter that are being touched by the things that we talk about here. If you want to get in touch, you can find me on social media. And I'm Catherine Boucher on all of my different accounts. I will say though that I deleted social media off of my phone and I have to admit that I am really loving it, but I will continue to post on social media whenever I have a new episode. I might occasionally post a picture or some writing on there. Um, I don't know what my long-term plans are with social media, but for now, I'm really enjoying the margin and the headspace that I have re- regained by not being on there. So the reason I'm saying that is if you do have a comment or a question and you want to get in touch, the best way to get a hold of me is through email, and that is podcast at katherineboucher.com. Or you can record a voice memo on your phone and email it to me as an attachment, or you can send me a Voxer, the walkie talkie app that I've always mentioned. And you can find all of those things in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me. Continue the conversation with the people in your life and share what you heard while you were folding.